to which we are willing to give Jesus access to what is deeply beneath the surface in our lives is a degree to which we will experience freedom in Him. It's easy to be growing in Bible knowledge and learning things about God, but not necessarily growing into becoming a more loving, humble, approachable, and teachable person. Hey everyone, welcome to the Cliff Temple Podcast. My name is Trevor Jamison. We are on episode four of our season on emotionally healthy spirituality. Thanks for joining me today. I know there's a lot of things you could listen to, but you've chosen to spend your time with me. Gannon and Carrie are out of town, so we are going to be going at this solo, talking about our episode four, which is on the wall, or what some Christian mystics call the dark night of the soul. This is one of my favorite things to teach out of this emotionally healthy spirituality materials, and I hope that you'll enjoy it. Today, we're going to be going a little bit deeper into what kind of this dark night of the soul is, what kind of our stages of faith that we work towards, and and what does that really mean for our faith? We are looking today at what are called the stages of faith in Pete's book. Now, he himself admits that stages is maybe not the best term to use because really, if you've been on this Christian walk for any amount of time, you know that it's really more like seasons of your life. And so he has this circle and in the center of it says stages of faith. And at the top, we have this sort of life-changing awareness of God. This is pretty straightforward. All of us who have become Christians at some point had this radical transformation where we realized that God is real, he's changed something significant in our lives, and we start going on this path of discipleship. And that's stage two, where we're really learning. And I'm sure you remember this time in your life where you're just soaking things in. Maybe you're here right now. It's a good place to be in. You get really excited about your faith. You're moving on the way. You're learning a lot. You're shedding off these old things that really brought your life down, and God is just doing a work in you. And so, as many disciples do, they move to this stage of serving, the active life. This is stage three in our discipleship. And we start serving God. We might start volunteering at our church. Maybe you even start teaching a Sunday school class. You really have soaked it in. You're you want to pour out into God. And what happens is, is inevitably, during this process, during our serving, we might approach what is called the wall. Now, Schizero says that the wall and the journey inward, which is stage four, are usually intertwined. Sometimes the wall comes up because we start digging deep into our personal lives. We start to realize that There have been things all along that have been dragging us away from God. But maybe on the flip side, we start to hit a wall in our faith. And we realize that we haven't actually done the the deeper digging that needs to be done in our lives. This is good news for many of us who are Christians because there might be a little bit of shame sometimes when we realize that maybe our prayer life was a sham or all this serving wasn't really for what we thought it was for God, right? It was really for ourselves. And maybe you're on the other side of this right now. If you're on the stage two or stage three of really serving God and you haven't hit this wall yet, it's good news, right? Because what it actually means 
What Schizero and many of the Christian mystics talk about is this wall arrives because God is confronting our sinful parts of our lives. St. John of the Cross was a disciple of Teresa of Avila, and he lived in the 1500s. I think he was born in 1542. And he studied with Teresa and became this radical Christian mystic. And he wrote on what is called the dark night of the soul. And he writes to these um, mystics, these other practicing monks, trying to describe to them this sort of process that we go through as Christians of shedding off this need for pleasure that usually comes with even spiritual things. And so he goes through this list of seven deadly sins to our spiritual life. You might usually think of something like uh, gluttony as eating too much food. And that is true, right? That's the kind of sin that we have to shed off. But what St. John sees it as is gluttony can actually pour into our spiritual lives so that we just want more and more pleasure from showing up to church or getting pats on the back for teaching great lessons or serving lots. This is a sort of spiritual gluttony where we we just can't get enough of pleasure of being with God. Now, the pleasure is not necessarily a bad thing, but But what it is, as St. John says, is a reliance upon our senses. And so what St. John says is we all inevitably go through this dark night. This dark night where he says it's as if all of the lights have been shut out by God, where our prayers don't seem to be heard by God's ears. And it feels like we never got pleasure anymore. We never get pleasure anymore out of fasting and praying and reading our Bibles All of these things seem to turn to darkness. St. John says this is not necessarily a problem, so to speak. And there are different ways of discerning whether you're in actually the dark night or whether you're just going through maybe some depression or maybe just not feeling it today. What he says is the way that we can tell if we're really in a dark night of the senses is that you still have the will. You still have the desire to be with God. It's just that that pleasure, that enjoyment of God is no longer there. And it isn't passing. It doesn't just show up one day and disappear the next. If you go on YouTube and search Dark Night of the Soul, you'll find all kinds of crazy, new agey stuff about it that really you could maybe say is more akin to self-discovery or... Um, maybe just depression, right? Not to uh, play down too much what is on there, but really St. John is talking about a deeper spiritual sort of thing than what you might find on YouTube. It's really a sense of, I feel like God is not hearing me. For those of who know me, shortly after I arrived in Dallas about four years ago, I went through this sort of journey. And if you talk to my wife, she would tell you how there were moments where I would just be in the closet crying because I felt like the Bible didn't speak to me anymore and that my prayer life was in shambles, that it was once thriving and I felt like I had this connection with God, but I felt as if really the term I used was I felt like I was a living atheist. I believed all these things. I wanted God. I wanted all these things to be true, but in reality, I just felt alone in the dark, like my, I was practicing as a Christian, but inwardly I felt like an atheist. It's painful. It's really hard. And St. John 
admits this. He says it's a terrible thing to go through. But the reason it's dark, he says, is not because God throws us into darkness. That would be contrary to who God is, right? At least how we see God in the scriptures. What he says is that we end up in this darkness because it's as if, you know, when you look up at the sun, everything goes black. And it's not because the sun is darkness. It's because the sun is so bright that our dim eyes cannot behold the brightness of the sun. The same, he says, is with God. God shows up in our life and starts stripping away our need for these sort of spiritual pleasures that make us reliant more on the pleasure than on God himself. I don't know if you've ever come to that realization in your Christian walk where maybe going to church, maybe reading or prayer or having prayers answered became more important than being with God himself. And we all end up that way. And really what this is, this wall, is a wake-up call. For Peter Scazzaro, he describes this sort of wake-up call came when he was trying so hard at his church. He had this mega church that he was trying to build and grow and make successful. And maybe you're like this with your own ministry or with your own business. You're so focused and invested on what you think God wants you to do. And then all of a sudden, it falls apart. And we have a wake-up call that we weren't actually doing what God wanted us to do the whole time. Because we were never just contemplating God, is what St. John will say. Essentially, for John, there's two different words for kind of this growth. He says that People before this sort of wall are kind of in this place of wanting to meditate with God. Think of this really, St. John, if we're to comport him today, would be like the Bible study model. We love Bible study. We love learning about God. But really, at the end of the day, we are not in a place of contemplating God. For contemplation for St. John seems to be this sort of state of just being with God, where Your soul is knit to God. And so what's the solution? How Maybe you're in this place of the wall right now, and you would ask me, Trevor, if you've been through this, how did you get through it? Well, St. John, I wish I had read earlier, tells us that the best thing that we can do is really come to a place of peace and stillness. He says there's a season in which we are supposed to let go of prayer, let go of serving, and just be, and to not fight against it, but to learn and to be and sit in stillness and wait. Because that is what God is teaching us and training us to do, not to depend on crutches of spiritual things, but to wait upon God himself. It's really hard to describe and maybe sounds like me or St. John or Pete Schizero telling us not to pray anymore. I don't think that could be further from the truth. What we're learning through this dark night or through this wall is to depend more upon the creator of prayer himself than prayer itself, to depend on the one who wrote scripture than these scriptures themselves. So it's good news, really. And it's really also good news to step back and to have grace upon yourself if you find yourself in this season of the wall, because you're starting to discover things about yourself. St. John says it's as if stains of the old person are so stained on our souls that God needs to now 
clear out those stains so that our souls can be truly knit to God. This is part of discovering ourselves and the own, our own idols that we depend on. And that's part of the journey inward. The, there is a second part of the dark night, not to get too lost in it, but you can go and Google these things if you'd like. He calls the first half that I just described the dark night of the senses. He says most people go through this, but really there's something further called the dark night of the soul. I know I've been using that term before, but I just want to hear quickly differentiate it. He says the dark night of the soul is one who has gone through the dark night of the senses, learned to sort of... Uh, separate themselves from prayer and these sorts of things. But then he says there's a deeper and more terrifying transformation that has to happen for our souls to be knit to God. He, St. John believes hardly anybody goes through this process, but the ones that do uh, have this sort of transformation in a real deep part of themselves. Maybe you've met someone like this, but it's a sort of undergoing that is deeply painful, really, um, dark, a place where they start to, their souls start to be ripped apart to sort of be pieced back together in holiness by God. You can Google it. You can look a little deeper into it, um, but it's really interesting. If you want to read it, you can read it for free online. If you look up St. John of the Cross, Dark Night of the Soul, you can read the whole process from Dark Night of the Senses, Dark Night of the Soul, whatever, and just kind of look into that. Okay, that's enough. We can step back now and kind of look at the wholeness of who God has made us to be, right? So we're on this stage of growth, and part of this stage of journeying inward is so that we can then journey outward again. And this journey outward is this process in which we've maybe undergone this wall in our faith. Maybe you've kind of gone through a process of what some people call today deconstructing or frustration with your faith or with God or with the church, and God starts to piece you back together through patience, through learning more of your own brokenness and learning who you are, we can move back to this sort of active life where we start to serve God again. But we're not serving God out of the same need and same desire we had before. Our old desires were to maybe really pleasure ourselves. We prayed so that we could see uh, a miracle, so that we might be thrilled by it or Um, make our lives just a little bit better. But our new serving is really out of this deep knitting of our souls to God that we now pray and we listen to music and worship God, not because we desire a certain type of music or want to pray a certain way, but we do so out of a deep well of love for God. And that's the whole point of this process. St. John and Peter Scazzaro say, is really that we are transformed into love so that we so love God. We are not showing up to church because we feel like God needs us to be there, but because we love God. We're serving God and praying to God, not because we feel like if we don't pray, that person won't be healed. No, we're doing so because we love God and we love other people. It's a really beautiful transformation that if you allow God to take you on it, you'll start to start to realize some of these things about yourself. We, enkin- we are enkindled with love. And this thirst for love, St. John says, is becomes so great. It's like we're parched in the desert that we must love God continually. And it's this realization that the soul has nothing and can't do anything without God. And 
we learn the greatness of God and we start to deconstruct our own desires so that hopefully we are led into the final stage. And Schizero uses the similar term that St. John uses, which is being transformed into love. This is like the deepest transform transformation that we can go through, and you have to go through the dark night of the soul to accomplish, which is happens by this. this de- these deep stains are pulled out of us, and we are actually, St. John believes, united with God. Now, you might not be a Christian mystic, and that's okay. You can kind of step back from this, but still kind of pull out the the genuine desire for this radical transformation by God is that we have this unification with God, St. John believes, that our soul could actually be united with God. That is the whole purpose of the Spirit indwelling us and Christ saving us, is that we might be totally unified with Christ. And it seems as if St. John and others believe this is possible on this side of heaven. Now, I'm going to leave that there. That's for you to do further reading and to decide if you really think this is possible or not. I'm not sure because I haven't, I don't think I've gone through that. Um, But that there is this state where the soul's faculties are purged in the darkness of all its habits. St. John kind of sees this as uh, removing our need for memory and all these other faculties of reason and understanding and all these things and our will are all shed off and that we can actually love God out of no other reason than love. This is what many people call Christian asceticism, is this shedding off of all desires and need for anything else. And St. John actually believes in the final dark night of the soul, shedding off our need for reason and will and all these other things. Now, if you're lost, it's okay. Really, what I think is this sort of these Christian ascetics, these Christian mystics, really believe that there is more than the physical things around us. As you're gripping that steering wheel, or uh, as you're driving, or, or washing dishes, listening to this, it, he, they believe that there's something more real than the dish you're holding, holding, and that's God. And when we can come to realize that, something deep happens to us. But the problem is, is that we're so in our fleshly selves bent to wanting the physical thing. And so that's what St. John and Peter Scazzaro want us to realize, I believe, is that while you might not be a Christian ascetic and believe that there's something holy and real about physical things, I think that's totally possible. And it's an alternative uh, belief system within other Christians and even Christian mystics who believe that physical things are just as important. Regardless, is moving beyond the physical towards this sort of, towards this deeper spiritual reality that indwells everything and wants to transform the deepest part of our desires and our will and our reasoning so that everything is bent towards God. But this takes space. This takes learning. This takes really delving into our real desires for doing things and really self, some self-introspection. And so it's my encouragement to you today to really, you know, we've been talking about for the past couple of weeks, really taking time to meditate, to be with God every day, to journal, to give space, right? All these things are necessary so that we can come to this place where we have what is this greater level of brokenness, where we're no longer judging other people, but really broken before God, realizing that 
we are the ones who need to ask God, have mercy on me, a sinner. It's also a place of having a greater appreciation for what Schizero calls holy unknowing or mystery. The truth is that there's something deeper to God that not even the words on our Bible pages can grasp, right? Even the scripture in the book of John admits all the things that Christ had done could not be contained in that book, right? God is greater and deeper than even our comprehension and our words can grasp. A deeper ability to wait and have patience for God. When we go through this wall and we struggle with maybe something in our lives, maybe it was a marriage, maybe it was infertility, maybe it was our job or our ministry, we start to realize and have a deeper uh, capacity for silence and waiting where, like Jesus, being tempted in the desert, we can wait on God knowing that we do not live on bread alone, but by the words of God. And a greater detachment. It's this ability to differentiate ourselves from our jobs and from what other people think. Schizero cites Richard Rohr, he's a, another Catholic dude, who says essentially there are five essential truths which people must awaken to if they're growing up in their God-given uh, spirituality. And it's this, life is hard, you're not that important, your life is not about you, you're not in control, and you're going to die. <laughs> Joyful, right? Well, the truth is, you can have joy when you grasp and allow these things to become truths that imbue you and stop creating false ideas and images of ourselves and what life is about. We start to really grasp who God is and what our true calling and purpose is, that we start to find joy and spirituality in something deeper than ourselves. You know, I mentioned that I went through, whether it was a dark night of the soul or senses, I think probably senses, I don't know. I don't want to think I'm one of the people who went through the hardest thing ever. It sounds pretty terrible. But I, when I went through that, I got real with myself of admitting that maybe I don't actually believe what I say some days. And that even though I had been through a lot of pain and hurt from churches, that I myself was broken. And I was looking for God and other things. And I had to get real about my spirituality. I no longer, if you talk to me today at church, I'm going to probably talk and speak the same way I do with my friends. I put away my masks in some way. Now, surely I still put up masks. I still fake things. I still have lots of sim problems. But a deeper joy has come into my life. I learned to kind of step away. It feels like I stepped away from a, a childlike Christianity into more of an adult Christianity that really deals with dark things and deep sins and with bad people and recognizes that I can still love these people by the power of Christ and that Christ can still love me. It's a beautiful thing. Thank you for joining me today. I'm praying for you today, whoever's listening, that God would transform your life and you would give space and learn to accept the fact that God might at some point drag you through this dark night, but really what it is, is that your eyes of sin and brokenness can't comprehend the brilliance of God's love for you and how he wants to take you to a place of holiness and beauty. May God be with you on this journey. Thank you for joining to me. Until next week, where Gannon and Carrie will be back with us. We hope to see you then.